All right, folks, welcome back to episode 14 of Chris and Harry Unplugged. If you don't know us, we are two Gen Z liberals who scream about politics every week, Monday at 1 p.m., except last week. We were not here last week, thought we'd address the elephant in the room. I know we really tried to stay consistent, and we want to apologize for that. Um, Harry, if you want to go ahead and take it away. Yeah, well, you know, we just, we had, we, we both had something, but more so me personally. People thought I faked a bomb threat against my university and then they said i released sealed court documents which is you know insane uh both of those are of course false but you know the right is relentless in their conspiracy theories so we decided you know probably not a good week to release a podcast probably it's probably not going to be a productive conversation nor is it going to reach the right people you know the people we want to reach the people who are like you know engaging whether they agree with us or not so we decided to take the break but um we're back and better this week we have so much to discuss so much we haven't talked about publicly before and we're really excited about it and as i'm sure you guys have been paying attention to the news uh a lot of the things you've been seeing is going to be covered today from everything going on with israel and palestine to the chaos in the house to even some donald trump stuff of him just being you know his usual traitorous self but anyway you'll find out later in the episode folks <laughs> yeah, yeah that's pretty much well said um as a lot of people know we you know harry and I do our main platforms are TikTok, uh, Twitter. I just recently moved exclusively to Threads, which is which is Instagram's competitor. But in that, there can be a lot of a controversy. And so Harry was getting multiple bomb threats at one point. And we said, you know what? Probably better off if we, we took a break. Um, but we promise we will try our best to make sure it doesn't happen again. And if it does, we will keep you informed next time. So we appreciate you watching. We really appreciate you being here. Yeah, let's just let's just dive right in. The big news right now, the big big news right now. Um, if you're watching this on Monday, is is Israel and Palestine, which I think we will preface by saying that, or at least in my opinion, um, you should do a lot of listening, a lot of watching, um, and, and not a whole lot of talking when it comes to this issue. I think that a lot of people are very quick to take sides get on social media use their voice which is always good but in terms of issues we face today this is probably the most complicated geopolitical issue in history obviously it has a very very extensive history it's very complex um and so we're, we're going to try to probably tackle it from a more american um sense of, of what america is doing about it and less so of who's right and wrong what do you think harry yeah, I mean, I think you said it perfectly. Like, I can't tell you the amount of people I've seen who have changed from, you know, virologists to now foreign policy experts. Uh, you know, they were immigration experts last week. You know, we see this on, on especially Twitter, as Chris was talking about earlier. Like, you know, we have a bunch of a bunch of Middle East experts on Twitter now. Uh, people who are like, oh, this person's right. This person's right. Um, you know, it's 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 a far more nuanced, complex topic. So we're not really going to dive into that. But what we will say, of course, is that Chris and I both stand against killing innocent civilians, killing innocent people, violence in any sort. We always support peace and, and ceasefire. And, um, you know, seeing these terrible, terrible, terrible videos and images coming out of Israel and even parts of Palestine with bombings, it's just really, really difficult to see, like, innocent people being targeted because of the actions of uh, you know, a terrorist organization, which Hamas is classified as. But we, we, we wanted to talk about, like, the American response to what's happening in Israel and Palestine and um, kind of giving some context. And I think um, the main thing for me in terms of the American response 
is, and I don't know if you saw this, Chris, I know we haven't talked about it uh, off, off of the podcast, but the United States currently does not have an ambassador to Israel, nor Oman, nor Kuwait, no, nor plenty of other Middle Eastern countries. And that is because Republicans, specifically Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville, have held up critical military appointments. I think about that. I mean, just we are in the middle of like a possible worldwide crisis in terms of what happens in the Middle East, in terms of like what countries get involved. I mean, we're seeing some reporting about Iran and Republicans are still sitting there saying, no, we don't think that, you know, you guys should have military appointments. Not by the way, not you guys. And when I say you guys, I mean the American, the American public, because this is, you know, the military is not a partisan institution. It's, it's the people that protect America, protect the country, protect the world. And Republicans are like, no, 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 no. We still think that, you know, the ambassador to Israel, that's too much. What? Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it just, you know, directly shows in terms of our ability to join together as a nation and, and, and make uh, complicated geopolitical decisions. Um, it's it. The Republicans continue to hamper that because they like to either A, play political games or B, they're in complete chaos, complete and, and total chaos. Yeah, I mean... I, I just think that, like, you know, I said something on threads the other day. I was like, this should, you know, it's really upsetting to me to see a lot of people politicize what's happening in, you know, Israel and Palestine. And I agree with that. But at some point, we do have to call up the elected representatives like Tommy Tumberville, who are placing, you know, military blocks or, or appointment blocks on some of these people. Like, I just don't understand how anybody, any American sitting here like, yeah, no, I agree with Tommy Tumberville. Yeah, like, I think, you know, I think we should not have an ambassador to Israel at this point. In time, I don't think we should have an ambassador to Kuwait or Oman or these other Middle Eastern countries. What? Well, yeah, yeah, and I think like the challenging thing right now, it's so frustrating that I I tend to talk about pretty often is that it it feels impossible for a lot of these news stories that feel very important. There's just so many lately, um, and there's so much information coming at you from all angles, specifically disinformation from the right, where I I feel like if you poll the American public right now. Um, about either A, who Tommy Tuberville is, or B, that the the issues you relating to Israel and where we do or don't have um, ambassadors, no one would know because it's just like there's yeah. too much. There's And we'll talk about that later in the episode of Trump. There's just so much information um, that is just being drowned out, which is, is really sad to see. And I think I agree with, you know, it, it's a complex issue, but at the end of the day, people will run to politicize it, which I think, you know, it's interesting. I think like we, 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 you know, when it comes to domestically, I think you and I, when there's a mass shooting at a school, for example, we're pretty quick to, to hop on the, hop on the, um, the train of, you know, it's the guns, please God, can we do something? It's the guns. Um, but in this instance, I, I think that it's, it's an incredibly complex situation and there is, you know, literal cruise missiles falling into families houses on both sides and you don't want to see innocent civilians die regardless of how you feel so yeah and i mean like it's actually an interesting kind of topic slightly slightly off topic but slightly on it's like you know what what is this like politicizing quote unquote because like i don't think that calling out republicans like tommy tuberville is politicizing i think it's just common sense like with your example with mass shootings like the republicans are so far right on the issue 
And if, you know, you're a Democrat or even just a common sense American, you're like, yeah, I think we need more restrictions. They'll be like, oh, you're politicizing it. Oh, you're, you know, well, being political. And it's like the same the same with this thing. Like, you know, you call it Tommy Tuberville. You're like, you're literally hurting American our allies be doing this. Republicans will point in your face and be like, you're being political about this. It's like, no, I'm just being logical. I'm being right. someone with common sense. Right, exactly. And it's like it's different in a lot of ways because, you know, in, in this is an issue that's obviously been very breaking news. We haven't seen um, an attack like this in 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 a long time um and so we're facing you know this a very intense not just for you know israel and palestine and and what america's response is to that it's it's the idea that now you know we get reporting today that iran had had follow had previous information that they knew the attack was going to happen and now um there's there's very intense in that region where there's all of a sudden a catastrophe brewing uh, uh, regarding the West in the United States about, you know, so many different issues. Um, and, and that could break out into into a war between multiple countries. So when you talk about, you know, a common sense issue like Tommy Tuberville, it's 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 very simple. We're, we're hampering our ability to face uh, an issue that could turn very catastrophic as opposed to an issue that young people like you and I see every single day that just continues to happen every single day like the mass shooting thing to a lot of people feels like oh you're you're politicizing you know um this mass shooting it's horrible it happened but the thing is again because of the news getting drowned out we're averaging two a day we're averaging two mass shootings a Mm. day so when i talk about you know something you know that might have caught more headlines something like a school something you know it's just, just so crazy to say but and it sounds so distasteful, but I mean, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. When I when I talk about something that catches headlines, it's it's like fuck. This is like I'm trying to let people know. Like this is this is this is happening twice a day, every day in America. So it's just different. Yeah, well, definitely. And aside from all of that, I mean, that's like one of the main things I think that everybody should be talking about with this. You know, this just just awful tragedy that's happening in the Middle East right now. Um, and, you know, we should be holding our elected officials like Tommy Tuberville accountable, no matter what side they're on, especially when it comes to stuff like this. But did you see this new lie that Republicans are spreading about Biden sending $6 billion to Iran? Yeah, yeah, I did see that. I mean, what the, like, th- that is actually one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Well, it's, it's truly. It, and again, it's the, it's the, and I actually had this conversation with my father, ironically enough, the other day, where it is quite literally the point, and it all stems from from Trump's administration in general. But the GOP playbook right now is: if you can tell as many lies as humanly possible in a day, some of them will seep through. Some of them will get to people. You can, you literally can't keep up. And you see this when Donald Trump gets on a town hall stage on CNN with Caitlin Collins. And and Caitlin Collins, for example, or anyone, a moderator, literally can't keep up because Donald Trump is just lie, 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 lie. You can't. It's a fire hose. You 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 can't put out the fire. Um, and so I, I actually did see that. But again, my my concern always becomes is like, holy shit, that air probably aired on Fox a hundred times. There's so much going on right now. Um, no nobody nobody. There's plenty of people who probably believe that, which is just – it's disgusting, but it's the playbook. It, it feels like the GOP playbook these days. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and for, I, I realize I said that kind of vaguely. So for the people who don't know, there's like – you know, recently Biden lifted um, $6 billion in sanctions on Iran to bring back Americans who were being held there. Um, 
And, you know, Republicans are now claiming that, oh, Biden gave six billion dollars to Iran and Iran helped plan the attack against Israel. And it's like, no, um, you know, lifting sanctions is not giving money to Iran. That's it's also not American taxpayer money. It came from a purchase of oil, South Korean purchase of oil in, tw- in 2018, I believe. Um, and, you know, the United States basically froze that. And on top of that, the six billion dollars is still sitting in a bank account under watch by the United States Treasury. And I don't know why I said it like that. Treasury uh, and not a single cent has been spent. And it's also only for humanitarian aid. So I like I I think that, like, you know, when we see moments like this, like what's happening in the Middle East. It is a moment for national unity. It's a moment to be like. Yeah, we don't want civilians dying. We don't want innocent people dying. We also don't want war of any kind against any group. Um, But instead of just like having that united message and agreeing with President Biden, who's been on the phone with the prime minister of Israel for uh, every single day now since it's broke out, Republicans decide to lie about something. They decide to sow division in the United States. I mean, uh, Ronna McDaniel, the chair of the RNC, went on Fox News the other day and said this war that's broken out in israel is an opportunity for republicans what the hell are you talking about an opportunity this war is an opportunity so i just think like like look at the difference here i mean it's it's very stark like you know joe biden's on the phone with the with officials in israel where we're coordinating with all of their elected officials we're standing up against it joe biden's sending uh uh aircraft carriers closer to israel to show support and force and republicans are going on fox news calling it an opportunity and they're lying about Biden. I don't mean to go on a rant about this. It's just no. so frustrating when we have one side who's actually doing stuff and then the other side who's just lying all the time, well, man. Right. And uh. and again, I, I no, yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I think that, you know, it's fascinating because I, I'm truly under the belief that Joe Biden has faced some very, very difficult situations as a, as a president. You know, one of them being as we draw closer to 2024, we now have what's going to be called two wars under Joe Biden's watch that obviously he has no control over. Um, and, and it's going to be kind of the Republican playbook here is going to be, you know, there was no war under Donald Trump and your gas was cheap under Donald Trump and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, in, in terms of like, and again, this just reminds me of another, you know, Republicans are going to take advantage. They're going to hit, they're going to hit on as much disinformation as they can. They're going to call it an opportunity Meanwhile, we have a very, very, very complex situation developing in the Middle East, specifically with Iran, that's going to get very, very complicated um, and already is very complicated. And, you, you know, you start talking about some of the players in that region um, and what people are going to be asking the West for and, and who's going to be where. It's 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 just ends up falling on the White House's shoulders. I I hope that most Americans can praise God and say, okay, in a very complex situation like this, um, we are going to, we have a White House that at least is, is, uh, is at least competent enough to, to make a decision that will be uh, thought out. You know, it might not be the right decision. We may not know that, but it will be thought out as opposed to Donald Trump, who, if he was in office right now, God, I would be terrified. I would be genuinely terrified. Oh, God. I know, right? I mean, look, I think it's – I found it very interesting over these past couple of days how these Republican presidential candidates have been like, oh, this is because of Biden or Donald Trump has been like, this wouldn't happen under my watch. And it's like it's so funny how they're so egotistical to the point where they think that they themselves could have stopped a terrorist organization from invading Israel. What? 
how their their for, first of all Donald Trump's foreign policy was garbage. We all know that. But on, on what planet does Donald Trump think that he could have gone to Hamas and been like, "You can't do this. You can't well, do it. Yeah, other well, United States is not going to support." What? Harry, yeah, right, right, exactly, exactly. And and it's and it's again, it's like this. I I try to like say it as much as I can to people is like we're we're watching the playbook in real real in action right you're watching the gop sit behind closed doors and say okay we're losing on abortion we're losing on gun control we're losing on climate change we're losing on democracy we're seeing good job numbers although people are struggling we can hit on the economy but in terms of all these other issues and young people we're getting killed what do we do? And the answer is you, you grasp for straws. And so when fucking something like mm-hmm. this happens overseas, you just, that's, that's the playbook. You just hit on it as hard as you can. No matter what's true, no matter what's false, no matter who's dying, we, it, it's an opportunity to, like you, like, 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 uh, the, the, uh, uh, I already forgot. You know who I'm talking about. The, the, um, I forgot. Rana, who, who, who'd you quote earlier by saying who went on Fox oh, News? Oh, Rana said, McDaniel. Rana McDaniel. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Sorry. No, yeah. No, I mean, you're exactly, exactly right. Like, this is the playbook. And it's so frustrating because, you know, people think that Biden's like the president of the world or Democrats are the president of the world and that they can somehow magically stop these groups who hate, you know, Hamas is not a fan of America, by the way. They're not, they don't like us. So if we go in, we're like, because, you know, we're, we're allies of Israel. We're big allies. We fund the Iron Dome, right? So it, I don't know what – maybe they're just expecting that the American people are, are, are not paying attention, but they are. So I don't know in what world Donald Trump or any of these Republicans think that the United States could have gone to Hamas. By the way, a military attack that nobody knew was coming and been like, yeah, don't do this, and they would have been like, yes, sir. We're not yeah, going right. to do it now because you right. guys said so. Because they, they're just they're just totally incompetent. They have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to foreign policy, and we see it every day. We see it every day. Yeah, and it's and it's because he's a he's a raging narcissist. So he's able to get up on a stage and say, you know, I would have stopped this, and then everyone just cheers and oh. and and you know believes it. And the other thing is that you know, and lastly, I'll say this in terms of the actual geopolitical issue going on there. Like Harry and I said, we're not going to touch on it much. I think. We can both admit, and I think one of the most important things in politics, especially right now, with the use of social media, your ability to reach people, if you're listening right now, um, it's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to not be an expert on every issue. It's okay to not take a stand on every issue. And as, you know, Harry himself, as someone who's, you know, in this field, and, and you know, I, I know we hate when we talk about this, but it just has to be, I just had to give some context. You know, Harry himself, Posts every day as some you know combined million followers or so and i post every day and i have some combined whatever so a lot of people ask they're curious and i really appreciate that but sometimes it's okay for us to say we're not experts on this issue it's a very very complex issue there's a lot of they're right everyone's kind of right and everyone's kind of wrong and so it's it's okay to step back and just listen and watch yeah i agree i i mean again like as chris said i always think it's right it's okay to admit when you're wrong or you don't know something. I, I, I have very little knowledge in this field, as does Chris, I think, on this very complex foreign matter. So for us to be like, oh, we're pro this or pro that, you know, in terms of a side, it's like it's you know, it's it's rough. But all it, we all we know is that we're anti-killing innocent people, right? Right. I mean, right. That's, that's you know. And I think the only thing that I, I can say that I've read quite a bit about is that you know, in terms of our foreign policy, obviously Israel is one of our biggest allies. We give them billions and billions and billions of dollars every year. 
Um, obviously, you're seeing the White House right now and, you know, in general, America come out in support of Israel. Although, again, I, I'm not going to, I will, I'm not taking a stand on this issue. What I can say is that young people, if you're curious, if you pull older people 50 to 65, 65 to 80, they are overwhelmingly pro-Israel. If, if that was the question on the poll, are you pro-Israel or pro-Palestine? They're overwhelmingly going to be pro-Israel, where we are the first generation, Gen Z, a little bit of millennials, but especially Gen Z, is about 50-50 split. And so, you know, coming up here in the next 10 years, there will probably be a major shift, especially just from Democrats and Republicans, about funding for Israel and how we position them in that part of the world, because the American public is shifting on that issue. Whether that is right or wrong, again, I'm not here to tell you, I just... You, it, it, it will be a fascinating thing to watch in the next uh, 10 or 15 years. And also, Harry and I greatly appreciate everyone who asks us questions, you know, every day, what our opinions are. I wasn't trying to come off as like, you know, don't ask me. I love when people reach out. I love, I love you guys to death. I love you guys to death. Uh, just, yeah, that's, that's that. But with that, the chaos to here, the chaos here, unless you have something else to say. No, please, please. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the chaos here also is that you know you you're looking at an America who's that's struggling to get anything done, um, and with that we also had in the last two weeks or so, um, McCarthy is out, the Speaker of the House has been ousted, absolutely get get the hell out, buddy, ousted, um, and and again this this relates because it's showing that the Republican Party as a whole, the GOP as a whole, and this is not an over exaggeration. They're not serious people in terms of their elected officials. They're not serious people. They cannot govern. We just saw essentially uh, the, the, you know, this MAGA wing of the Republican Party boot out the speaker. Now who's going to be the speaker? You know, they're, they're, there's a bunch of infighting between them. Uh, obviously, if you, if you followed when McCarthy first won speakership, he made an agreement with these far-right MAGA people in Congress, people like Eli Crane, Lauren Boebert. Marjorie Taylor Greene, et cetera. Um, and my rule is never, you never, the saying goes, you never get in bed with the devil because you will always, always, always get burned, always get burned. And that's exactly what happened. He got burned. He's out. He, he got in bed with MAGA. He got in bed with the extremists. He made them promises he knew he couldn't keep. And we, I think it's like been 15 months or something like that. He's gone. He's done. He's out. First speaker ever in history to be removed from the speakership. Um, and it follows a very recent line of speakers in the Republican Party who have had chaos. They've had Paul Ryan, uh, you know, Boehner, uh, and then the other one whose name I'm forgetting, but he is now a child molester. So, you know, the Republicans haven't had great we're, speakers recently. It's, they're, 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 it's quality people. It's good people. <laughs> yeah, that's obviously, exactly. that's obviously I mean, sarcasm. <laughs> God. I have to preface yeah. that for my audio, the audio people who are who aren't watching on video. Yeah. I was I was taking a jab right. at the Republican Party and their how their elected officials are consistently <laughs> not good people. Anyways, yeah, well, you know, there you go. I mean, um, I just think of like, and I again, I think that this shows a chaos within the Republican Party. I mean, we're seeing it not only with Israel and, and Palestine and our in the United States response, but we're also seeing it with the speakership. They couldn't keep a speaker. They can't do it now. They can't do it historically. There's obviously um, clear, you know, division within the Republican Party and uh, and no desire to lead and actually pass change. And that's why their speakers keep dropping like flies. 
Um, and I really want people when you're watching this and kind of looking at what's going to happen with the speakership, compare it to Nancy Pelosi. Compare it to the recent Democrats having the majority in the House. We didn't have anything like this. We didn't fail to pass funding for the Pentagon. We didn't fail to pass budgets to fund the United States. We didn't have any of this because, you know, we're like, you know, Democrats are actually interested in governing and getting things done and doing things that are good for the country. It's like, you know, we don't play these games, whereas Republicans are all about playing games. Um, and you're going to see that going forward. It's just insane, man. Right. Insane. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, you know, you like I like like we just talked about you. You don't get in bed with the extremist. You don't get in bed with MAGA. Um, this this party is is fighting to find a direction i cannot believe in my i just can't believe that the direction is still trump but for now you know it continues to be everyone's under his under his reign and um they will continue to to fight it out amongst themselves until my opinion is there's a major 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 overhaul and shift because it's it's ugly it's so ugly it, it's it's so ugly and you know moments like this where there's just so much chaos and when we actually do need leadership we do need leadership in the house at this moment in time whether you know the speaker's a democrat or republican uh hopefully it should be a democrat come 2024 but um again it, it just shows this like lack of willing to govern and i think that this it, like the polls when we're looking at like congressional polls like you know republicans are up like one two points or something like that they, they, there's no way that's the truth. I just, I just refuse to believe that people are looking at this um, delusion and chaos in the House, and they're like, yeah, like this is kind of what I want for the country, where we can't even do basic functions like funding the Pentagon, the Pentagon, you know, national security, can't even do that. They can't even agree to that. By the way, they couldn't even agree to debate it, not even just pass a bill. They couldn't agree to debate it the first couple of times. There's no way that the American people are looking at this, and they're like, this, this dysfunction, this chaos is really good for the country. I just refuse to believe it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, no, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and obviously, like we're facing, you know, the we almost had a government shutdown um, averted, but I believe the date that that will get rebrought up is, you know, mid November, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. And so, you know, we're 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 again gearing toward another uh, another situation where. It, it hurts everybody. I mean, this the it, it's not it's chaos for the country. But you know, if you're if you watch the markets at all, you know, markets obviously are are kind of um, terrified right now. I think there's a sense that you know, especially leading up to this government shutdown, it really looked like that was going to happen. Markets took a tumble, um, and, and so you know, you look at things like your four hundred one k. You look at things like. Um, you know, just the money that you're trying to save up when you're, you know, working a job that should be paying you a livable wage. Uh, I think that there's a lot of discussion to go into that that says the chaos that is causing you to, you know, lose money. Your, your, to that is called the chaos that is causing you to lose money, whether it's, you know, in the stock market or in the 401k or just the, the, general chaos that 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 spider webs into so many things in america i i really would challenge and say that that can be pointed back a lot to republicans um and and again they will use that said chaos to then blame biden because that's the only thing they seem to be able to do and um yeah and yeah and you know i, I you're 100 right and 
The problem with Republicans when they lead, when they're in power, is that it's always a lose-lose situation, and it's mostly a lose-lose for the most vulnerable Americans. So when it came to the shutdown, Republicans were proposing these massive cuts that reduced funding for, like, disease research, for hungry kids, for schools and things like that. You know, like, very valuable programs and people who are vulnerable in this country who need funding, like hungry children, I think something that all Americans support in – uh, you know, combating and making sure kids have food to eat, right? But, and that, and in the negotiations, Republicans were like, let's cut that. So it's either, oh, we have a government shutdown and people are without their paychecks and, you know, the, the government's in catastrophe and people are looking at us on a world stage like we're a bunch of jokes. Or we can agree to cuts for vulnerable Americans, make children hungrier, their schools worse, less developments on research for disease. It's like it's always a lose-lose with Republicans, whereas with Democrats, it's frequently a win-win. And again, we're not here to like say that Democrats are perfect all the time, but this was just not an issue when Democrats are in power. We are not proposing to cut health care or anything like this for vulnerable Americans. I mean – Oh, right exactly oh. and like and like the, again the consensus you have to a lot of times with these issues you have to be able to cut through the noise and the noise is you know that mccarthy well not anymore but mccarthy or whoever will get up on a stage and say you know these things have to be cut we have to balance the budget et cetera, et cetera. where i i just think that there's you know significantly more nuanced debate than 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 just that simple issue you know i think there's a lot of um, economic, a lot of, not a lot, I'd say that there's, you know, a, a healthy, a very healthy amount of economists who would agree right now that, you know, we're, we're in a new era of what we understand about basic economics. And one of those things is, you know, how far you can run a deficit, how, how much debt can a country rack up? The thought process way back when was if, you know, a country's debt to GDP ratio is over a hundred percent, they're probably like in the midst of a collapse. They're probably in the midst of, you know, uh, 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 there, there, there's been a, there's been a coup. There's an overhaul of government, et cetera. Well, you know, it was a, a few years ago that, uh, I, I don't know what year exactly, but it was a few years ago that America's debt to GDP ratio was a hundred, went over a hundred percent. And we have the strongest economy in the world by far. We have the strongest economy in the G7. And so all of a sudden, a lot of economists are looking at an issue like that and saying, well, maybe it's possible that we can actually – it may be healthy to just continue to run the deficit like this, and obviously there's more nuance than that, et cetera. But the answer is never to you know, cut health care or cut healthcare costs or cut funding for, for starving children. It's, it's, it's a lose-lose. Well, yeah, and I, I, there's like plenty of other areas. Like if they were really interested in cuts, there are plenty of other areas where we spend like – copious amounts of money on like nothing right i mean like i think there was like a like someone talked about how we spend like tens of millions of dollars on viagra every year like if you want you want it like why 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 don't we look at that that as opposed and why do we look like why do they look at like poor kids first why don't they look at stuff like that there's plenty of stuff like that which if they were really interested in cuts Right, they call it literally the most necessary functions, especially when there's a Republican in the White House. They come out with a a budget, and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to cut the EPA by seventeen percent." I remember this from <laughs> from Trump's year. You know, he's like, "Here's my proposal: we're going to cut the EPA by twenty by you know fifteen percent. We're going to cut the Department of Education by ten percent. We're going to you know 
cut, 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 cut. It's like, what the fuck? On the, on the brink of like the most important, you know, the most intense climate disaster we've ever faced, you're going to cut the EPA by 15%. You complain that no one in America is educated enough to make decisions and you want to cut education by fucking 10%. Let's just, just dismantle education as a whole. Um, and then, you know, you get into obviously the more nuanced stuff where it's like, yeah, you know, we, we, we're not, you know, you start cutting things like EBT and, and, and welfare and it's like, what are we doing? You know, it's, it's how it happens. Yeah, no, it, it is, it is truly ridiculous. Um, how, I don't know. It's like, they just want to kick people when they're down. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, hungry children. They're like, nah, 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 nah. We hate those kids is what they're saying basically. Um, and again, it's like, you know, we have, we have such strong evidence to suggest that this funding helps people. We had the child tax credit for a year. Child poverty went down 50%. 50% of kids that were in child in poverty were lifted out of it, right? Great. Amazing results. However, it was not reauthorized uh, due to the Republicans in the Senate and moderate Democrats like San. Well, I guess maybe not Democrats anymore, like Cinema and moderate Democrats like Manchin not voting to reauthorize it. And then what do you know? Child poverty went back up from like 5% to 12%. And it's like, wow, when you cut programs that help poor people, they get worse. Like, it, and, and circumstances become worse for them. Right. And the crazy thing is, is it always relates back. It always relates back. And this is why Biden is in such a hard position in, in a lot of these situations, in my opinion. It relates back because in the chaos, in the noise, in the specifically, I'm glad you brought that up, in the child tax credit, for example, the narrative right now is that Biden, you know, stopped the child tax credit because he didn't care enough about children, right? And so who's hammering that right now is the far left. You know, I talk to socialists all the time who say Biden's not good enough, Biden's not good enough, you know, we need, you know, th this establishment bullshit isn't good enough. And one of the things I hear the most is, you know, Biden got rid of the child tax credit because he claims to be this progressive guy, but he won't do it. And you start to realize that like, wow, this guy is getting hammered from both sides. And I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not suggesting that Biden doesn't doesn't do things wrong. Um, but I am suggesting that uh, a lot of what he gets hammered on is it, it tends to be misinformation. Um, things like the child tax credit from the far left or things like, you know, he started, you know, he, he started this war, that war from the right, or he's, you know, funding Iran with billions and billions of dollars to, to, to make them the next enemy of the United States. It's like, holy fuck, yeah. this guy. And that's why I just continue to say like, I think in like 15 to 20 years, he'll be looked at as, as, you know, a top 15 or 20 president of all time. Um, and like I said, I know a lot of people see us as like Biden shills, but he's not perfect. He's not perfect. I think there's things that you and I can agree um, are, are not great. In fact, this, this week he, you know, cut, uh, he, he bypassed 26 uh, federal laws to continue building the wall, part of the wall on the, on the border, on the Mexican border. He bypassed, you know, um, the endanger it was several at 26 or 27 several uh, 26 yeah yeah environmental laws um the endangered species act things that would not allow building on that land he bypassed all of them and then continued to build the wall i think the narrative from the white house was like my hands are tied his hands weren't tied right he's getting hammered on this issue where um you know he's getting hammered on an issue like illegal immigration so that issue i publicly was like i don't think this was a good decision i disagree but you know he's not perfect I'm willing to say he's not perfect, but he's damn good. He's damn good. See, I, you know, I actually have to slightly disagree with you for a moment here. Just oh, slightly. Are we about, just to, slightly. Are we about to debate? Ever so slightly. Go ahead. De Ever debate so slightly. Me, debate me, pal. No, we're not going to debate. We're not going to debate. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's I debate. Did. Go ahead. <laughs> 
I do. I do agree. I, I do agree with you for the most part that like you know the waiving of the twenty six laws, environmental law specifically, is not great. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, however, I disagree in the sense that his in terms of the building of the border wall, his hands were pretty tied. His, that was appropriated by Congress in 2019. It, it, he cannot it, – if they appropriate for one reason, he can't make it for another. It's tough. It's I, very I, tough. I, tough situation I, do, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. He, in terms of him shifting the money, he's unable to do that. Um, but in terms of him being forced to yeah. use the money, that's a no-go. Well, he, ha- well, like, he has to. Like, it has no, to be, no, it had to be spent by 2023. Then it had to be spent by 2023. Then it had to be done by the end of you 2023. Cannot, you can literally say, I'm not <laughs> spending that money. That money just goes— just, That's against just the un- law. That's not against the law. You if, to- if Congress authorized— if con- <laughs> Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I If Congress you. said in 2019— If Congress said in 2019 that this is for this purpose, and then they specify it must be used by 2023, if Biden's just like, yeah, I'm not going to use it, do you think that courts are going to be like, well, no, he's just not going to use it? No. Congress yeah, I, Congress has a lot of power. They are a branch of the government. They appropriate it for a reason. It's unfortunate. I agree with you. I am not a fan of the border wall, but I'm just saying that this is the— this is. Uh... He's, no, a, he's on ChatGPT well, right now, everybody. Well, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm on Google, but I'm also understanding that this <laughs> yeah, guy's just like I'm, I'm. I have a podcast with a Biden shill. I mean, who is this guy? Wow, wow, <laughs> wow! I mean, someone, someone, get this guy I'm some kidding. milk, bro. Oh I'm, my god, I'm, get, I'm kidding. This guy goes of water. Um, but regardless, um, let's see. I, I mean, I, I'd still. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure who's correct on this issue, but regardless, that was an issue that I I and, and wait wait hold on did he have to waive the federal laws to do it? What if he just didn't waive the federal laws? No, that's what I that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I well he then it then I think it would just be like a slow he, construction. He, I don't no, know. I don't no, know exactly what would no, happen if he no, didn't no, waive there, the federal laws. There's no ways he. There's no way he was forced to waive the 27 laws. It was dude. It said it. Well, no, no. I I, I don't I don't know if. No, no, no. I don't think he was forced to waive the 27 laws, 26. I don't think he was forced to waive those laws. Um, I think they were doing that to, um, like, speed up the construction, which I don't agree with, obviously. Like, I don't – I'm a, in, in favor of, obviously, environmental protection, especially, like, the water protection that's being waived and things like that. Um, but in terms of, like, whether he could do it or not, you know, whether he could, like, change money, I, I don't think they could. And I think they had to kind of well, go forward with the way they are, except for the law thing. That that may be true. I I you know I'm also under I'm also innately fascinated in like watching 2024 and how it plays out. And you being in New York, your governor is really re- I'm sorry, your mayor <laughs> in New York City is really 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 hurting Democrats on the issue of illegal immigration. And so I think Biden is feeling quite a bit of pressure right now from from the polling and Americans to do something. And so my understanding was that. He, the White House may have positioned it as we our hands were tied. Maybe their hands, their hands certainly were a little tied. The question is how tied. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's fascinating. That's all. That's all. Yeah, like I said, Biden's damn well, good. Well, actually, I'm kind of reading right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of reading right now that actually like they might have had to, um, they might have actually had to waive the laws to, in order to get construction done by 2023. And actually, in 2021. They asked for the money to be reappropriated, but Congress ignored their request, which really? I have no idea why they did that because 
yeah, I have no idea why they did that because Democrats controlled Congress. So I'm not sure why they ignored the request, probably because we were in the midst of recovering from COVID and we had like 19 other trillion things going on. Right. But right. Eh, you don't know. Interesting. Anyway, Interesting. it's 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 an unfortunate it's I think it's just an unfortunate situation. I do believe from my understanding that they are their hands are tied when Congress does appropriate money for something. It's like the president doesn't really have the ability to get out of it, unfortunately, right. in this case. But I don't know. It's a weird. It's, it's sorry. It's, we're like, well, this is on the house. This is mad. This is yeah. We, we got a little off topic. Well. I was just trying to make the suggestion that I'm. I don't always agree with Biden. Um, his his hands were definitely a little tight on that issue. But regardless of that, what I'm trying to position to the audience is that Biden is is damn good, and I'm willing to say when he's wrong. But he has been damn, damn, damn good, especially for young people. Um, and yeah, yeah. And in terms of oh, yeah. in terms of the house, no, I mean, you know, well, I just I, it's the contrast. I'm reading right now that like, well, the Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, is literally saying we had no choice in response to that. I'm just going off of what he said. Uh, I, am, I don't know whether that's the truth, bro. It, it, that you're right. I don't know. My under my my like political play, outlook on it was like Biden's appointees came to him and was like, look, if you waive these laws and execute this. You know, border crossings will go down. Republicans will, you know, moderate people will see this as a win because everyone's freaking out because they're being overrun, quote unquote, overrun by illegal immigrants. You really don't have a choice. And they pulled it and they were like, this is a better decision because more people will agree with your decision to build the wall because illegal immigration is out of control. That was the playbook by Democrats. And no offense, it's fucking Eric Adams fault because that guy's the most incompetent fucking guy I've ever seen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, talk about, Harry, talk about a perfect play for Republicans. Talk about an absolutely perfect play for Republicans. Eric Adams gets on a stage, like, right before he gets elected and is like, this is a sanctuary city. Anyone can come here. And then Republicans proceed to bus him 150,000 people, and he gets up on a stage last week and says, this is so out of hand. I can't handle this. He said last week in an interview, he was like, my city is going to collapse. This is too much for our city to handle. Like, this is out of control. I need help. Are you fucking joking me? Talk about handing Republicans We're a win. such idiots. Like, We're dude, such his, idiots his, sometimes. His, I mean, legitimately. I'm keeping this in the pod, too. I'm keeping this in the pod. Talk about giving Republicans a win uh. on the issue of immigration. Eric Adams, and, and I, don't, I don't understand, because New York City, like, as, as far as I'm aware, the, the Biden administration has handed them some $150 million to deal with this issue, which is the max amount they're allowed to give without Congress. And Eric Adams is like, please, God, help me. Help you with what, bro? Fucking do something. He like, he like, he like took all the housing, the money for the housing and like gave it to a private company that like fucked him over. And he keeps getting on a stage every day and saying the most fucking pessimistic bullshit where he's like, my city's collapsing. I'm never accepting another illegal immigrant in my life. What the fuck are you doing right now? Apparently him and Biden like don't speak anymore. They're like not on speaking terms because that the, the White House is like so upset with him. They don't speak. And the Eric Adams administration is like furious at him because they're like, he's not doing anything for us. Not doing anything. They handed you $150 million. What? Anyway. I, 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 I am, uh, I don't like Eric Adams. I had, you know, I, I, I like to give elected officials a chance. Uh, I think it's the right thing to do. Like if you lose an election, you give the new president a chance. If you lose, 
um, you know, a mayor's race or your guy didn't get in, you give the guy a chance. And Eric Adams is a Democrat. I think he is consistently messed up. <clears throat> and it's also like, here's the thing. We could, Congress could right now authorize more money for New York City to deal with the influx of migrants. They just don't want to. Republicans don't want to. So they have this talking point. They can be like, yeah. oh, right. look at this. Instead of doing the right thing and authorizing more money, it's ridiculous. Right. And by the way, I mean, let's, but let's just not get it twisted. President Biden has given $25 billion in recent months to border security. He got Mexico to agree to over $1 billion in investments and in new technology for the border. Uh, you know, he passed even he even put forward new border regulation that was so strict that republic that liberals, Democrats were criticizing him for it, for it being inhumane. So, look, it's obviously not just Biden being like, come on in, everybody. Welcome right. to the United States. It's like not like that. There's just global migration. It's happening in Europe. It's happening in the United States. It's because of covid. You know, covid destroyed some of these cities and their economic conditions. And when that happens, people are going to seek better economic opportunities. So if you're living in middle America, you're living in Mexico, your your town was just destroyed by COVID, your your local business got destroyed. I think anybody would try to find new economic right. opportunity. And so like we cannot be surprised by this and Republicans and the fact that Republicans are using this global migration is that's obviously going to happen with the United States as like a political talking point saying the border is open when border patrol agents have testified to the opposite under oath in front of Congress is disgusting you know they I have agree. no solutions either i agree yeah because it's well you're right because it's playing with people's lives right it's it's 100 playing playing with people's lives it's sad as hell that in new york right now there's migrants lining the streets waiting for housing decisions it's really sad but again and and for the record i don't know much about eric adams because i don't live in new york city you do you just said yourself he's a democrat and you don't like him that guy literally got hit, like, which the fact that they'd fucking bust them to New York is so disgusting. But they, they send a bus, you know, Greg Abbott sends a bus. The Texas governor sends a bus of migrants and it's like, here you go, Eric Adams. And again, he gets on a stage and he's like, we welcome. He, he met them. He met them at the bus, shook their hands and was like, welcome to New York City. We're a sanctuary city. Everyone come along. And I'm like, okay. Cool. This is that's that's wow. That's what a great guy. And then proceeds to like seven months later be getting up on a stage because they keep busing like a hundred and fifty thousand migrants come through and he's like, Oh my god, this is I we can't handle this. The city's collapsing. Please don't send another migrant here. Like this is someone closed the border, the Biden administration is doing nothing, and I'm like, what the what the fuck are you doing? Like, right now? Eric Adams, happy, like he loves to shoot up. He loves to shoot the party and himself in the foot all the time. It's really, it's really like, it's, it's. It would be funny if it wasn't so sad. It wasn't actually affecting people's lives. He just yeah. loves to hurt himself and his administration and the city of New York and the Democratic Party as a whole. And by the way, like he's wrong on a lot of this stuff. Absolutely absolutely incorrect i mean i'm sure he's saying that the biden administration is doing nothing in an attempt to try to pressure them to give him more money when they legally can't without congress but eric adams is just you know as it stands right now it's a joke could he redeem himself could he do some great things maybe but right now he has he keeps fucking up dude yeah exactly i don't know what happened with the administration like they were on good terms and then like apparently through like private phone calls at the white house Eric Adams would just consistently like speak up and just bash the White House, like just bash Biden and be like, you're not doing enough for me. You're not doing enough for me. And then the the White House was like, nah. And then they like went from that to like him not getting invited to those meetings. And now they don't speak like they're not on speaking terms. And the White House does not speak to New York City. And it's like, 
I just I'm I'm really putting a lot of blame on your gut on your mayor, man. I'm sorry, but why? What the? F- I mean, he's just well, and and fact of the matter is, it's like um, it the New York City mayor is like a high ranking position. It's like probably the most important mayor position in the country. Right. But you know, I, he should go to the governor. He should be speaking to the governor before you know bashing President Biden, the well, governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, who's done some things I disagree with, but. I, like why is he bashing by? I, I don't know. I just don't I actually, understand the play here. Yeah, I actually yeah. think I actually think Kathy Hochul is on his side. I think she's begging the administration oh. to do more too. That's my. I think I think I was reading a Times article about this the other day. Yeah, mm. I think the position is like Kathy Hochul is like I've done enough for Eric Adams. Now it's time for the federal government to step in, and the federal government's like we've done everything for Eric Adams, and then Eric Adams bitches and bitches and bitches and bitches. <sighs> And then he, he, he like gives a hundred million dollars to some private company who has no, dude, I, I, there was, ah, dude, I've read like a lot about this. It's like he handed some obscene amount of money to a private company for housing. And this private company had like, and take this with a grain of salt because I'm trying to remember this like private company had no experience in housing people. And so they're like misusing the money and Eric Adams is out of money. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. No, I, I, I'm like, I'm like 99% sure I talked about. Sorry, I'm like not speaking to my mic. I'm like uh, 99% sure I read about this story and talked about it um, in my class. I'm, I'm forgetting the the company. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm reading it here. Anyway, we won't talk about this too much because we're not informed enough about it. But. Um, yeah, I mean, Eric Adams keeps fumbling the bag. He fumbles it like every day of his life. You know, he it's like it's like we're in the Super Bowl. You know, where it's about it's twenty twenty four. We're in the Super Bowl. Eric, you know, Joe Biden's a quarterback. Blue nineteen, blue nineteen hike. He hands it off to Eric Adams. Eric Adams clutches it. He uh, slides past the DB. He jukes the the cornerback. He's on the one. Then he drops the ball. Dude, and he drops he it. He, it's he all on the floor. And then. Uh, yeah, he fumbles on the one. He, fu- he, yeah, he, he fumbles Eric Adams is a professional at fumbling on the one. He fumbles on the one. God, yes. man. And, and I want – <laughs> exactly. And I want to preface that, like, you know, it, 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 does, it does suck that it's a um, – it's not great that it's a talking point for Republicans. It's not great, you know, the, the, the way that goes for uh, a um, – the way that goes for the political setting. And it's upsetting that he fumbles on a lot of other things. But in terms of this issue of, of migrants – Obviously, Harry and I, what we find significantly more important than the political dynamic is the fact that there's migrants sleeping on the street with nowhere to go um, because Eric Adams doesn't know how to do his fucking job. So just want to put that out there. We care significantly more about the actual people involved, which is very sad. Um, but also part of this. Well, part, yeah, of course. Part, it's like. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Come on, go. No, no, no. You got it. You got to go. No, I was just going to say, like, part of this podcast is like, you know, uh, Harry and I. And I'm sure everyone here as well reads some very disheartening news every day. So, you know, it can't all be it can't all just be bad mm-hmm. vibes all the time. Yeah, and I, I you know when we're when we're talking about this issue, it's like what's always front and center at the mind uh, our minds um, is you know the people the people involved. It's like it's very nice for the Republicans in Congress to be like the border is open, so many people are coming across, but it's also like you know they're they're these are not just like numbers. You know, these are people. They have stories. They have families. They want better for their families. They don't know what to do. They're coming into this country. They're being bussed around the country by different governors. Um, you know, there's a strict process to get into the country. It's just a very upsetting situation. It's very difficult. By the way, there is plenty of room for people in the United States, plenty of room all over the country for 
uh, more immigrants, uh, our economy benefits from immigrants, uh, having diversity in our population is always good. That's what America was based off of. That's what we were founded on. Um, so, you know, we always have to remember that there are actually people behind this, and we always do. We, I think the Democrats do, and that's why we're proposing, like, humane solutions, but, you know, Republicans are just like, border invasion. We're being invaded. It's like, come on, man. All right, come right. on. It's, anyway, it, sorry exactly. to be off topic from, but good topic. Yeah, no, for sure. yeah, good topic. I mean, um, do you want to touch on, on Trump, or you want to add Eric Adams in instead? I don't know. I'm good. I'm going to let you make the executive decision. I'm going to make you, well, you make the executive decision on that one. Um, well, look, I'll mention, I'll, we're go, well, how about we do something really brief? I think, you know, lastly, okay. we, we want to mention to you guys to continue to pay attention to 2024, who's running, who's involved. Um, Trump is still leading by a lot. Um, and he's saying some of the most disgusting things he's literally ever said. I, I'm not even going to play the videos. Um, but quite literally twice in the past week, he made a comment on stage about how's, uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband doing. Um, I heard the wall around their house Ugh. didn't do too well because if you're unaware, Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked on video, beaten in the head with a hammer. Um, and so the crowd thought that was very funny and they laughed because he's a horrible, horrible piece of fucking garbage and i don't say that lightly um because truly like politics are one thing but to, to i don't care whose side you're on i don't care to to make fun of someone getting uh, literally their house broken into and beat over the head with a hammer uh that's disgusting and then two days ago donald trump in an interview said that illegal immigration was quote uh, poisoning the blood of this country, which if you're not aware was a phrase that was used quite a bit in 1930s germany um like a lot like that's probably the most nazi white supremacy thing donald trump has ever said that's very mask off it didn't get a lot of press absolutely positively fucking disgusting so if you do me a favor and um vote for me in 2024 continue to watch what donald trump says don't let him fucking slide with every goddamn lie he says um it's really important to use your voice and continue to yell and scream that this is not america fascism is not america racism is not america you know contesting elections is not america making fun of people who get beat over the head is not america we don't do we don't we don't do that here and so continue to use your voice um and um yeah do you have any words on that harry yeah, I mean, I think that kind of speaks to just on the the Nan I mean, the Nancy Pelosi husband thing is absolutely disgusting. This guy has no class. Um, he's total garbage. But on the immigration thing, like, or you know, his immigration comments. Um, yeah, we've spoken on this podcast before about like the intersection between Republicans' their rhetoric and like Nazism, um, and how like you know they've they've quoted Hitler, uh, said that you know using uh, Hitler quotes is good and things like that. And now Trump is like saying things like that. I just think it's absolutely disgusting, and it's like kind of speaks to our previous conversation of how Republicans use these people as like political pawns and their experience. And it's just gross. And, um, yeah, I think you kind of said it perfectly. Like, you know, please do us a favor, get out there and vote in 2024. This shit's not a joke. This is not like a funny game, you know, Biden versus Trump. It's like, Oh, you know, we'll be fine. Whoever wins, we will not be fine. Whoever wins. If, if, if Donald Trump gets four more years in the white house, um, we are in serious, serious danger as a country, uh, and in all aspects. And it's not, and, you know, it won't just affect a certain group of people. It's going to affect everybody. So I think you said it perfectly. Yeah, and I think that's really – I think that's incredibly well said. Incredibly well said. Well, listen, guys, that's going to do it for us. Um, we appreciate you watching so much. A few things before you go. 
Um, first of all, we want to thank every single person who either this is your first time watching or you've listened to us for a long time. We, we appreciate it. It means the world. We will be here every Monday, 1 p.m., all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can also check us out, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, etc. We appreciate it so much, so, so much. Um, it means the world. You guys are fantastic. We will continue to keep you updated. We, you can follow us, Threads, Twitter, TikTok, the whole nine. We post pretty much every day, a couple times a day, so you can check us out there. And um, lastly, I will shamelessly um, promote our Instagrams. We're trying to do some big things on Instagram um, in terms of um, content and such. So my Instagram will be in the bio and so or in the description, uh, YouTube or Spotify, wherever you listen, you can check it out. A follow would mean the absolute world. And lastly, if you're still here, if you're still here, if you're one of the people still here through 50 whatever minutes, Harry and I are going to have some merch coming out next week, so you should be ready for that. We love you so much. Be, uh, be here next Monday, 1 p.m. We will see you then. I hope you have a safe, um, a safe week, a really fun week. Do something enjoyable. You deserve it. I am proud of you, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace.